You have come to the right place. Hope you love America. Hope you're tired of the same thing all day, every day. Bringing you a different point of view. Bringing you the right point of view. From an everyday American. Recorded all over. No agenda, just America. Hello, welcome back. Um, I hope you're staying warm. I know uh, myself and uh, a whole lot of the country is uh, uh, getting cold. It's getting colder. It's getting closer to Christmas, um, all that fun stuff. Um, not too bad yet, thank goodness, but uh, who knows? Who knows? It's 2020. Nothing will surprise me anymore. Nothing can shock me anymore. I've We've almost made it. You know, it's one of those things where everybody's like, man, I can't wait for 2020 to be over. Um, now I think it's just anxiety. Like, man, I mean, we know it can get worse. We've seen it all year. It can get worse. Oh, what goes next? Uh, I don't want to think about it. But anyway, um, we are back. We are back here on taking care of a couple different things today. I want to discuss a few things that have popped popped up over uh over the weekend and uh last couple days um the supreme court uh did not take up the case from texas and along with uh around 20 other states to sue uh the four swing states that did not follow their own rules for elections and they said that well texas didn't have any standing and uh essentially uh, a similar kind of thing. Uh, the Supreme Court of Wisconsin ruled four to three yesterday, uh, apparently to uh, not throw out the two hundred thousand uh, plus ballots that were from people who were permanently or indefinitely confined due to COVID. Although they all agreed that it was illegal, they just the four that wanted to uh, uphold the uh, Biden victory said, "Well, you." you're too late you can't challenge it now now what's weird is they tried to they said well you should have challenged it beforehand and they did and that's when they said well you haven't been injured yet so you can't you know you can't do anything about it yet because nothing bad's happened yet now that something bad's happened they're like yeah you should have said something earlier these are the kind of loopholes that uh really really do get exploited by uh by these kind of uh, nefarious actors, if you want to uh, put it that way. Uh, uh, nefarious groups can, uh, this is how it works. You know, if somebody uh, wants to be a coward, people don't want to stand up right now. There is a large group of people that have spent the last year looking, uh, looking at the pictures of uh, people being attacked in the streets, uh, cities being burned, uh, people being killed, rioters everywhere, tearing down statues. People have looked at that for the past year, and that was the point of it. I believe we talked about this quite a bit. That was the point. The point was never to have anything to do with justice or any of that because none of it holds up. We've talked about all of it. None of it holds up to a bit of scrutiny. None of their arguments holds a bit of water. None of them are justified in any way. It's all ridiculous. That's why everybody's like, well, I don't know what's going on. It seems weird. Why are they out there doing that? I mean, the stuff they're saying is wrong. The stuff they're saying is stupid. It doesn't hold water. What are they doing? Oh, they, they weren't out there for that. I mean, if you honestly think that BLM gives a, a good God about black people, 
then you're insane. They don't care. They are a, you know, they are the KKK. They are the militant arm of the Democrat Party. That's who they are. I thought we covered this, but I guess, you know, we're going to refresh on it. That's who these people are. And so when it comes to uh, what they did all summer and through the fall and and people are wondering, like, well, why would these Democratic, you know, these Democrat um, governors and mayors and stuff be like, oh, it's fine. It's fine for that. But nobody else can do anything. And everybody's like, oh, they're all hypocrites. They're all in bed with them. Well, of course they are. The whole point was never to empower anybody. It was never about justice of any kind. It was literally to get to this moment. Literally to get to this moment when you have people in places of power who are looking at this going, this is absolute garbage. This is absolute bullshit. Like nobody could possibly believe that this is the is right. But they have that in the back of their head going, you know, if I, if I overturn this, they're going to be on my lawn tomorrow. They're going to be trying to burn my house down. I could be killed. You know, my kids will be, you know, hurt or killed. I mean, that's literally, should we let them get away with it? Hell no. No, we shouldn't. We have to fight back against it. But if you want to know why these people are being cowards, that is why. You know, um, you know, maybe none of us know what we, we would do in that uh, situation uh, to know that, hey, you know, those people will be at your house tomorrow. Uh, there will probably be people waiting outside this building right now to uh, throw rocks and try to kill you. Um but you have to go back to the whole, uh, you know, I'll go back to the whole thing. It's part of your responsibility. You took on this responsibility saying that, well, you know, I feel that I'm, you know, a leader enough. I, you know, I'm willing to step forward, be brave and, and do this job. And so you took on that responsibility. And number two, you follow in the footsteps of people who not, uh, not afraid of pissing off a uh, large mob of people to say this is what's right and this is what's wrong and I don't care. So anyway, that's that's where we're at with all that. So, you know, it does kind of wrap it up in a nice bow. I mean, why were all these people doing all this r ridiculous stuff? And not all of them were out there to do that. I mean, it was planned for that, okay? Many people were manipulated and used and lied to because this is all they really wanted. They wanted rid of Trump, why? I mean, there's a million reasons. Most of them have to do with the fact that he actually cares about the people of the country. And that's never been a big worry of any of the progressive elites anywhere in the world at any time ever. I'll give you a prime example of, of who these people are. Um, I've had a few interactions on, uh, on one of my Facebook ad things lately. Um, this one lady who's, you know, very pompous and, you know, wants to, uh, you know, tell me that I'm a screaming, raving lunatic and, you know, all I do is spread hate and I'm very respectful and I'm like, no, listen, you know, this is not what I'm about. I, you know, lay out the case and, and, you know, Hey, listen, you're wrong. You know, you're just wrong. If you're yelling about, you know, be me being a racist, you're absolutely wrong. You're on the wrong side of this argument. And so finally the last retort I got was, well, you just have run-on sentences, so I must assume that you're illiterate and you don't know what you're talking about. And that's when they show their true colors. That's when they really show who they truly are. Because 
that's who progressives and all these people have always been. They get their degrees. Well, what does their degree really mean? Well, in a lot of cases, it means nothing. It's like Dr. Jill Biden. She's not a doctor. Okay, we don't refer to people who get a doctorate in, you know, whatever. She has a doctorate in education. Wonderful, you're not a doctor. Okay, I mean, we kind of reserve that for people who are medical doctors. That's kind of been the thing. There's some people that go by it. Most people don't. They're like, well, I have my doctorate in this. It doesn't mean I'm a doctor. It just means I got my doctorate degree. I went to the highest level of this certain study. But by doing that, they only, it seems, now, you know, there are exceptions to every rule, but it seems that once uh, they reach this point, then there can be no questioning. There is no curiosity left. There is no uh, science left. There is no scientific method left. There is no, you know, absolutely no critical thinking no deductive reasoning, nothing. It is literally, well, what I say is right because I can dot all my I's, cross all my T's, use all the punctuation, therefore I am correct. And, you know, basically made the point and said, hey, listen, a well-written, a beautifully eloquated lie is still just as big of a lie. And a not as well-written truth is no less true. And that is the problem they have. They are literally a group of people that says, well, I'm just smarter and better than everybody else. And I know better than you. And you just need to shut up and listen to what I have to say because you're too dumb. And that, uh, of course, gets under my skin. Anybody who ever knows me, that gets under my skin quite a bit. Um, please don't ever, <laughs> please don't ever talk down to me. I, uh, I can engage in an intellectual discussion. We can discuss anything. We can debate anything. But when you just start, start saying, well, you're just dumb, you're just a dumb, you know, hick from backwoods and you don't know anything. Yeah, that's that's going to get me uh, on edge. But anyway, rambled on enough about all this. We'll be catching up on all the election stuff on Thursday uh, where it stands and, and probably moving on because I'm going to try to move through this last bit. Uh, the last uh, several presidents here and uh, kind of get us uh get us caught up on uh, the most dangerous most dangerous entity in America destructive in America um, and I've just really ran through and this is the bad part is I've just ran through presidents basically you know I've just ran through the presidents and their uh, their administrations you know we're not even we haven't even scratched the surface of getting into all the local municipal governments and all the mayors and, you know, governor, uh, not just governors, but sheriffs, mayors, oh, state, uh, state and local legislatures and what all they've done. And it's huge. I mean, it's, it's on grand scale. I mean, this, this goes on and on and on. I've just covered the big, you know, the big, huge, you know, like president and their administrations and what kind of touched on some of the things there. So, I mean, literally you could drag this on probably for a year of episodes of just digging into all of it over 240 plus odd years. Um, it is, 
uh, disturbing, to say the least. So I'll get started with it in just a minute. I was going to remind everybody to remember to subscribe and to rate and review. The review doesn't mean a whole lot. The rating is what really matters. Five stars is the right number, by the way. Five stars. That's that's the one that matters. It just gets it higher in whatever platform you are listening to uh, the podcast on. It'll rise it up the ranks. More people see it. More people listen. And the more we can do here, the nicer stuff maybe I can do it with. Hopefully, we'll see. And it just gets the word out there, and it helps us just get our uh, view out further and educate more people. Education and enlightenment is the way that we can move forward. And as always, you can message me here. I put it in the link for the episodes when I post them. Um, But anyway, you can message me directly on Facebook or email me directly at ericsamericapod at gmail. That's all one word, all lowercase. No punctuation, just making a nice run on ericsamericapod at gmail. And that gets directly to me because I'm the only one here. So anyway, we are going to get on with it today. And I left off with uh, Roosevelt and the absolute onslaught of uh, what ends up being found out later to be uh, Soviet spies just all over the place. Uh, sort of like what's going on now with Swalwell and uh, Feinstein and a lot of these people, they're starting to get in. I mean, it was like that only on a much grander scale. I mean, we're talking hundreds of people inside inside big organizations, inside you know very important positions inside the uh inside the administration uh were found out later to be literally uh russian agents which is kind of funny because we talk about it now then it actually mattered now it's you know kind of a joke but at that point obviously you're getting close to the end of world war ii and a lot of the uh a lot of more the power of russia at that point um they were ascending to their most powerful time um, that didn't last a whole lot. Uh, yeah, didn't last that long. But still, they tried, I guess. But anyway, uh, closing out with that. And the next up is Harry Truman was the next one to step in. Um, he was part of what I talk about, what I was just talking about, like the uh, party bosses, the t- uh, city bosses around the country that ended up being uh, just machines uh, for local, I mean, all the local politicians, the mayors, the governors, the legislatures. I mean, they all controlled all this. Uh, most of them are union bosses that basically kept everybody in line. If you got out of line, of course, they would send people over to uh, beat you up or kill you. Um, and it was just uh, the long history of what the Democratic Party, Democrat Party has always been about. So uh, he was directly from uh, Boss Pendergrast from Kansas City. And so apparently, I mean, I wasn't alive to know this, but apparently uh, he was so far uh, in the pocket of uh, the uh, boss Pendergast that uh, he literally, instead of being called the senator from uh, Kansas City, he was known as the senator from Pendergast. So that was that was interesting. Um it was kind of funny. He was supposed to be a uh, physical watchdog during World War II um, to keep an eye on, you know, what what all was being spent and where how it was being spent. Make sure uh, things were not uh, not being 
you know, misappropriated and, and, you know, wasteful. Uh, but apparently he was so bad at it that he didn't even uh, realize that the Manhattan Project was going on. So, I mean, it's one thing if they build a plane and they kind of kept that away from you. Like, hey, we built this experimental plane out here. You know, it was one off, you know, kind of thing. Uh, the Manhattan Project was a little bit uh, larger. Um, I mean, if you miss that, I mean, we're talking, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars. Just didn't even notice it going. Uh, maybe you're not so good at your job. I'm just saying. Um, he, uh, was a staunch, wonderful, uh, bigot as they normally have been. Um, one thing they do have to say that I think is kind of funny. They do liken Harry Truman, uh, very much to uh, sleepy Joe, just dopey, not with it. Always saying off the wall, crazy shit, uh, racist to the core, um, easy to manipulate i mean that's uh that was the general consistence of truman and obviously it is the uh general consensus about uh sleepy joe um he was of course as in a long tradition of uh democrats he was a uh, clansman uh of course because you know that's who they were it's who they still are uh, apparently, it was in the early 20s, uh, probably inspired by Woodrow Wilson, another illustrious member of the uh, bigoted, uh, just <laughs> bigot, awful people. I mean, they're just terrible people. I mean, you read the quotes, and I can't even I can't even read you the quotes by this man. I can't. I can't. If I put them in this podcast, um, it'll get pulled down. We'll just put it that way. If I read his quotes verbatim, uh, it would be uh, taken down. And just to give you a little um, a little taste, uh, I I think oh yeah, I think one man is just as good as another as long as he's not an N word or a Chinaman. Yes, he was a uh, wonderful, eloquent speaker, as you can tell. Uh, very articulate, uh, large vernacular. Uh, he was uh, just such a, uh, a testament to humanity. Uh, the only thing that I think anyone uh, could probably give Truman any credit for uh, would be the use of the uh, atom bomb, the first nuclear weapon ever used to end World War II in, in Asia, in, yeah, in the South Pacific, in the Pacific. And I say that because there has been a lot of debate over this for years. And something that just recently came out that I just uh, happened to see was it's been largely criticized for years. It said, well, you know, America is a horrible, horrible, horrible place because we just went and nuked all these Japanese people just willy nilly, woke up one morning and flew over and just bombed it and just terrible uh, atrocity. And we should be punished for this. Well, that's not entirely true. So I want to clear that up really quick. And this isn't a testament really to uh, Truman because uh, I don't think Truman would have cared. I'm sure it was people in the administration that tried to make this uh, a better situation. Uh, I'm sure Harry Truman would not have cared. He probably would have been just fine with uh, burning uh, the entire population of Asia because he definitely did not like them. So that's we're not giving credit to Truman for this. We're just saying that the, the powers that be underneath him uh sort of sort of had some foresight now this is something that was actually kept away um for a very long time uh it's now been discovered the uh pamphlets that were dropped over hiroshima nagasaki and they dropped them over all these cities 
Uh, there was uh, several cities that were chosen that could be possible targets. Several cities. And they dropped the leaflets um, for, I they say, around a week ahead of time. Uh, basically saying, hey, within the next week, you need to be out of town. You need to get away. You know, we don't want to kill you. We're trying to, in this war, get the hell out. Get away. And basically, the uh, report now is that basically the Japanese uh, that were still, you know, of course, they had troops at home, military at home, police, government officials, uh, basically threatened to kill anyone who even picked these up off the ground to be warned to get out of the city that it was going to be bombed. And it was, I mean, it was, it was very blatant, said a weapon that like no one had ever seen and that it was going to be major destruction and to please move out of town, you know, because they wanted to destroy the structure, not the people. Um, and they were threatened, uh, to be killed basically if they even picked it up to read it, much less, uh, follow it. So, there is a lot more backstory to that, and and of course, you know, if uh, they were they were going to fight, they were going to meet everyone on the beaches, and they were going to be killing uh, women and children along with uh, old men and whatever. I mean, basically, the entire population was going to be on the beaches waiting if they tried to invade, which was not going to be a good idea. So, you know, they made the decision, which was uh, unfortunately. And I say unfortunately because it's never a good thing. It's never a good thing. I mean, because at the end of the day, you realize there's a whole lot of people like you and I that were just trying to live their life. They were not into the political machine or, in their case, the uh, royal family kind of thing to make this happen. So, anyway, a lot of loss of life, a lot of loss of... uh, you know, for a long time. So anyway, that's that's probably all you could ever give. Uh, Truman credit for was actually making that decision and uh, not just trying to create a quagmire to last for, you know, another 10 years of fighting islands. It was pretty, pretty brutal. And, and thank goodness. Uh, but in 1950, uh, investigation into corruption in Truman's administration then uncovered that um, apparently he didn't uh, mind having the uh, communist agents around at all. Uh, that he liked to use the IRS uh, to mess with people um, and then uh, to go after political enemies or uh, people that didn't write nice things about him. And this is a tradition that's uh, basically went on for a very long time. Roosevelt was very notorious for this. Truman was very t- notorious for this. Kennedy... Um, of course, now in recent years, of course, Obama was very notorious for this. Um, they just, you know, they find conservatives and they said, well, you know, we don't like that guy. Let's send the IRS to rip apart his life and see if we can get him, you know, see if we can destroy his life or possibly get him thrown in jail. Cause that would make them even happier. It doesn't matter that it's not supposed to be legal. It's not supposed to work that way. No, it never has. It never will. So, uh, in fact, it was so bad under Truman that uh, once the investigation started, uh, 166 IRS employees were fired or quit their job ahead of federal indictments uh, so they could uh, try to stay out of jail because uh, apparently it was very, very, very widespread. And uh, just... Uh, <laughs> he really got into... Uh, it was a lot to do with 
tax bill fixing for his friends and bribes to make sure the you know some of the crazy tax stuff went through and then of course his enemies to chase them down um he wasn't very discerning in fact he got into a whole um uh, one crazy incident where he got a uh, fr- this really high-end freezer sort of like uh, nancy pelosi this really high-end freezer that nobody else could get and especially you know you're talking right around the end of world war ii so things are not exactly easy to come by when it comes to uh appliances or anything like that so apparently he gets this really high-end freezer as a personal present sort of a bribe kind of thing and uh he has it flown home on a troop transport from europe uh and then it comes out that uh a wounded veteran who was trying to get home uh, was kicked off the flight so his freezer could ride home. So that didn't work out too well. Um, he was pretty humiliated by that, but uh, didn't didn't seem to stick to him the way everything sticks to uh, you know people that are uh, conservatives. Doesn't seem to stick the same way. So that's a little weird. Um, of course, as usual, um, he uh, pardoned politically connected Democrats, including. Lyndon Johnson's political mentor, which you know comes up next. We'll be talking about LBJ soon. Uh, crooked mayors of Boston, uh, Michael Curley. I uh, did a few of those, you know, political things that were, you know, people were were caught, you know, accepting bribes or vote harvesting or you know mail mail fraud all these different things that comes with bribes and political corruption so uh they're just about usual but then uh what really happens um is the the mccarthy uh investigations start and this is where history gets a little weird now i it's hard for me to say okay i don't believe that we should be creating uh, blacklists or, you know, can, you know, basically now the cancel culture and they say, well, you have no room to talk. You know, McCarthy did it back in the day. I don't agree with the ultimate outcome of blacklisting people, making sure people can't work or any of those sort of things. I do believe people that are spies that are stealing information, they should be prosecuted. They should go to jail. I mean, you know what you're getting into when you sign up, this isn't a one way street. Um, so that that being said, if you are doing those sort of things, if you are infiltrating, if you're stealing secrets, if you're selling secrets, well, then, yeah, you get prosecuted, you go to jail. Being affiliated with, uh, you know, a political party that you don't agree with should not prohibit you from, you know, you have your right to your opinions here, and we should respect that. So in that regard, uh, I don't agree with the outcomes uh, a lot from the uh, McCarthy uh they call it the McCarthy witch hunt, but he was very, very justified in what he was doing. And it came from the Roosevelt and, and, uh, Truman administrations. There were just so much, I mean, so much of this stuff came out. There were KGB spies working. I mean, literally Russian spies working as, uh, in the government. It wasn't like, Oh, well, this is an American who, you know, thinks communism would be cool. He was literally, um, members of, communist russia that had worked their way into places of power all throughout the government and so yeah i mean these people needed investigated they needed to be you know removed from office and find out what they had done so that i agree with uh the later on this trickle down effect of it uh you know i don't agree with with like blacklisting and that sort of thing but then again who knows 
maybe maybe there's a little bit more research need to be uh, done with that because if it's anything like uh, the kind of news we get today, uh, then it would be very, very, very uh, slanted and maybe things weren't as bad as what we are led to believe. I don't know yet because I would like to research it and find out because that is very, uh, very interesting. But yeah, it's listed as a witch hunt. But what he found out was that basically the Truman and Roosevelt administrations basically um, ran hand in hand with Moscow. I mean, you know, Stalin knew everything that was going on at all times. And there was things uh, like uh, people being put in place uh, to manipulate the, it was the International Monetary Fund, uh, was actually a KGB member uh, who got appointed to that and basically got to set the Russian ruble uh, against the U.S. dollar, like to set the pricing for that, basically, and so kept the Soviets basically going for uh, many decades past what it really would have lasted because he basically devalued the dollar against the ruble or vice versa. He overvalued the ruble against the U.S. dollar, so therefore their money was worth more so they could keep uh, things rolling many decades past what it would have been. So... Uh, things like that. I mean, yeah, that's huge. That's treasonous. It's a huge issue. I mean, uh, to put that in perspective today, if somebody were to do that, say with China and say, oh, well, all of a sudden, uh, you know, the dollar is way now devalued. Well, literally China could literally then make a move and become the uh, world superpower in the next few years. It's literally the kind of thing we're talking about. Now, we don't have that same position anymore. We don't have an inter international monetary fund. Uh kind of thing i mean basically it was set up it was after world war ii you're trying to get the world's economy back working okay you're trying to recover like the world that is in shambles and burning and smoldering still yet and most of it is destroyed so it is <clears throat> a very different time but just to give an idea of what that position was and the amount of power so uh yeah he starts going through the uh it was the house un-american activities committee uh, and basically he was on the hunt for spies and, and communist sympathizers throughout the government. And he went on a, a hunt for them. Uh, he called them fellow travelers and he found, uh, quite a large amount of them. Now agree with the tactics or not. It is very disturbing when you start looking down the list of how many people were there and what they were involved in. And, uh, it was called the Venona files were, um, uh, were, captured and that's when really a lot of that came out and found out that oh yeah this guy works you know here's his uh number and this is his uh connections and this is you know him you know he's sending information back to stalin and russia at this point and that's that's uh they captured that <clears throat> dean atchison uh who was uh, the secretary of state um rose to infamous proportions i guess uh because he was uh, definitely aligned with the communists to satisfy his ambitions he wanted as much power as possible um atchison uh helped uh several spies including harry dexter white uh to get into the international monetary fund uh to help uh basically help the u.s fund uh, world communism and help uh, build the the power 
of Russia all throughout the world that we then ended up. And it was a self-fulfilling prophecy. And so it was very deliberate. It was, well, we're going to build them up. We're going to let them build their armies here and there. And then our, now that we've got this uh, industrial, the military industrial complex going from World War II, we don't want to lose this, man. This is making a lot of money. It's making a lot of money for the government. It keeps people working. They're happy. We're happy. We got to keep this going. So if we can fund them, let them build up and and start doing what we know they're going to do here and there and then we can just keep building all this weaponry and sending it around the world to keep this uh cycle life cycle going so we can constantly be making tons of money and screw the american people and screw the people that actually have to go fight and die but that's not our problem we're worried about keeping this cycle going and keeping uh, our pockets full and that's uh, essentially where a lot of that comes down and I, so I don't see some of these activities like some people see it as, oh, well, that's definitely aiding Russia or aiding the communists at that point. I think it's a two way street. I think they don't they didn't really care. They just saw a way to keep themselves um, very well funded for the rest of their foreseeable life. And they did just that for sure. They for sure did that. Um, he also did a lot of good stuff. Um he protect, protected Alger Hess, uh, was another um, uh, communist agent, even though after he was, uh, you know, basically caught red-handed, uh, he still, you know, of course, defended him. Uh, he lied about uh, Chiang Kai-shek, and this is one that really bothers me uh, and who Mao Zedong was. So, anyway, that's the one that really bothers me. So, uh, we were supposedly, we were supporting uh, Chiang Kai-shek in northern China. Uh, fighting against the Japanese. Now, he was a man who wanted to more of a democratic, more of a uh, our way of thinking, okay? And so Dean Acheson basically double-crossed him and through American support behind Mao and basically lied to uh, everybody and said, no, 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 Mao's a good guy. He's, he's on our side. He's our kind of people. He's, he looks at what things the way we do uh, and basically sold out Chiang Kai-shek, who actually would have probably turned uh, China into a democracy, an actual democracy, uh, and uh, they would have had one of those cool little constitution thingies, and they would have had capitalism long before they did, and I think it would have been a whole different world but thanks to Dean Acheson, that did not happen. And you got communism and uh, the rule of Mao and the death of many millions of Chinese and many millions of people around the world. And the ramifications aren't done yet. So thank you, uh, Dean Acheson, for being a complete and utter douchebag. We appreciate that, I'm sure. Um, maybe even our great-grandchildren who may be literally fighting uh, China in, uh, somewhere in the world uh, thanks you as well. So, hey. He said that Mao was just an agrarian reformer, you know, not a guy they should worry about and not to support Chiang Kai-shek, which we had been. We'd been arming him and helping him uh, fight the Chinese and then take over the rest of China. So, hey, we'll find out later. Uh, we get involved in a lot of uh, nation building, which we should not. So anyway, um, he also uh, led to the Korean War by basically announcing that South Korea was, I mean, that's outside of our defensive perimeter. I mean, we shouldn't even be worried about it. So then the North Koreans um, uh, attack and take over the South, and then we have to go push them out for what, it, you know. It was just, uh, he, he was a very terrible human being. Um, he's also, you know, there's so many. There's so many. Uh, and then he later 
basically talked Truman into uh, taking ultimate control away from Douglas MacArthur and giving it to the UN, which basically made a couple years of pointless uh, death and mayhem in Korea for no reason whatsoever um, to only come to the same place that they had started out with North and South Korea. So, hey, uh, <clears throat> the legacy of a wonderful uh, democratic uh, democratic uh, administration and then I believe the movie they made about Truman it shows at the very end that he's uh, wouldn't even let uh, Eisenhower in the White House till the very very last minute and it basically is because Eisenhower did not call off Joseph McCarthy I mean that's that was basically it he was uh, pissed because Eisenhower had supported McCarthy and McCarthy had basically gone through and and made him look really bad with all these communists in his administration and in the Roosevelt administration. So he just was pissed about that. But anyway, the next one that we move on to is John F. Kennedy, who, uh, <laughs> I mean, he was no Joe Kennedy. I mean, basically, uh, his father was quite possibly one of the most corrupt politician slash connected people in the country. Um, I mean, I guess it's no secret. He made his money from being involved in the mob and bootlegging and all that. And then basically used that wealth to then build a political dynasty. Um, and he built it on the backs of, you know, the mob and mob bosses, which controlled the unions, which then controlled the, uh, political machines in the big cities and then you have real power and that's what joseph kennedy wanted um and he was moving it on because he knew one of his sons was going to be president uh john was not the first uh choice it was actually joe jr is who he wanted but he unfortunately died during world war ii uh i mean jfk was basically um his whole life was choreographed, you know, to put him in the presidency. Um, it was pretty bad. I uh, believe I'm going to double check here real quick. I believe, uh, he even won as in usual style for, uh, Democrats. He even won. Oh yes. He, uh, won a Pulitzer prize for a book that was ghost written that, uh, supposedly he had written, but somebody else was actually, uh, somebody else's book. And he, uh, basically they just, paid the guy off to uh let jfk sign to it and he won a pulitzer prize for it no new i mean doesn't it get tiring it gets tiring for me the same shit keeps happening over and over and over and over and that never changes and that gets old and uh you know it was rolling along and that's why i always laugh about 2016 everything was rolling along like it always had everything it always ran this certain way and and that's why you had all these lazy people doing all the polls and doing all this stuff. At that point, they were just being lazy. And, uh, yeah, of course. I mean, this is how things go. We've been doing this for years. I mean, for decades and decades, this is how it works. All of a sudden, something blew that up. Uh, the problem was they forgot to tell all the people. Uh, and so now we get to 2020, and they weren't going to let the people decide anymore. We're going to have to fix that. And, you know, that's one other loophole we hadn't closed yet was... Uh, letting people decide on their own who they want to vote for that was the one thing they forgot so that's how we got to here but yes uh, he wrote a um 
wrote a book uh, that he did not actually write. It was ghost written uh, for him, and he won a Pulitzer. How nice. Uh, which brings us to his election, which is being very, very uh, uh, reminisced about now because it was the last time that a candidate won. The only other time in history won uh, all these states, uh, won Florida and Ohio, and somehow did not win the election. And yes, it was fraud, and it was later brought out that, um, yes, the mob, um, like people like Sam Giancana, uh, the mob boss from Chicago, uh, came out and said, yeah, you know, we did it. We voted early often and, uh, you know, scared the hell out of people, made them vote the right way, the way we always did, and we carried it uh, along with uh, mob bosses in New York and L.A. and all these places we just, you know, called the family. And uh, it was even reported that um, Frank Sinatra was a go-between, which Frank Sinatra is fascinating. Later on in life, he turned more conservative, uh, paid a high price for it before he died, by the way. So interesting story there. I won't get on a tangent. Uh, so, yes, uh, he defeated um, defeated Nixon uh, to, for the presidency in much the same way that apparently Biden is now winning this election in fact exactly the same way uh with lots of voter fraud uh one of the weird anomalies is his vice president uh lyndon baines johnson who we will talk about next who's quite possibly uh, one of the biggest garbage dumps of a human being to ever live um how he got on the ticket basically uh the story is that basically they uh blackmailed uh, John Kennedy because of course everybody knew that he couldn't keep it in his pants and he really didn't care uh, who and when he slept with uh, and uh, that that causes problems because you know people can get blackmail <laughs> uh, i.e. see uh, Hunter Biden for this uh, he's going to be the biggest liability the biggest albatross ever put around uh, you know if Biden takes the White House he'll be the largest albatross ever hung around a president's neck uh, will definitely be Hunter Biden. Uh, this right here was, uh, he was just hanging himself, uh, much like Bill Clinton only. Uh, I think he took it to a higher level. Uh, he actually went a little further than Clinton, uh, as far as we know. I mean, we don't quite know what all happened on the islands. That's another whole story. What is up with this? It's really, really weird. Uh, but anyway, yes, he, um, basically they said he blackmailed him and so he had to be, um, on the ticket uh kennedy was a very ineffective president i mean people i still to this day after reading what all uh happened i still don't know why uh he would be celebrated i don't um it's just really 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 strange there's not a lot to to celebrate i mean you had uh the bay of pigs uh which was uh you know one of the most obvious um, not only blunders but one of our first real obvious attempts to start doing nation building and really interfering in that way in other countries uh, that was just really out in the open and yeah it failed it was a stupid idea it failed miserably it led then to directly to the cuban missile crisis which ended up in tensions that uh, you know could have destroyed the world uh, yeah there's just not a whole lot everybody gives him credit for getting the um you know, really getting the uh, moonshot going, and I guess there is something to be said for that. But there was just a lot of uh, a, 
I don't know. I, it was almost a, such a great PR job that people still kind of bought into it. Um, you know, his speeches, I guess, were great, uh, talking about uh, transparency and honesty in the government, which really had neither uh, the whole time. Uh, his father was a huge uh, supporter of Hitler and uh, even wrote that he would love to have seen him succeed. I'm not really sure what you mean by succeed. Uh, that wasn't really laid out. I mean, succeed as being the ruler of the earth? I, I don't know. That's that's not uh, a good statement to be made. Uh, there was just not a whole lot there. Um, so much surrounds the Kennedy assassination. So many uh, you know theories and ideas. Uh, were there quite a few people uh, that would have liked to have seen JFK dead? Yes. The answer to that is yes. Um, you have... Uh, the Cubans, the Cuban nationals that were fighting against Castro that thought they were getting help and got a feckless uh, hodgepodge of garbage plan thrown together that didn't work and then they had to pay for it. I'm sure they wanted him dead. Um, I don't think that the the communists really wanted him dead. Uh, number one, he's part of the democratic machine, which have never had problem with communists. And number two, he wasn't effective enough really to be a threat to um i mean everybody knew that he wasn't actually going to start any major com uh, confrontations i mean he was uh reported to have told one of his girlfriends while sleeping with him that he uh he would rather his children be red than dead in other words he would surrender before he would have a major fight with uh russia so I, I don't see that that's a possibility the mob wanted him dead because he's, his brother double-crossed them um, you know, they gave him the White House and he unleashed his brother uh, on on the mob and then reportedly was sleeping with uh, a mob mob boss's wife at some point. Yeah, there was a lot of people that wanted him dead. Um, so who really killed him? I don't know. Uh, the CIA, I doubt it. They probably loved all the funding for their stupid harebrained ideas that they were going to take over the world. So who knows? Um, but as in a administration, he just didn't do a lot and he wasn't really good at any of it. And he really, um, because of his ineptitude and really, you know, when you have a choreographed life and you don't really have accomplishments, you're not really good in negotiations, which led directly to the Berlin wall being built directly because of his, uh, inability to have a backbone against Russia then. Um, so that moves on until he is, like I said, he was killed um, <laughs> in 1963, which then gave us the wonderful garbage dump of a human being that I definitely can never, ever um, quote very, uh, not word for word, I can kind of go through, uh, Lyndon Baines Johnson, Just, I mean, and there's, like I said, there's even ideas that he uh, had a part in killing Kennedy. I would not um, not be surprised. Uh, LBJ, um, staunch racist, horrible human being. Just uh, some of the things. It's just appalling. Um, apparently like to dicky wave in public. Um, I, yeah. Beats the hell out of me. Apparently, he had a pet name for that, and he liked to wave it around at people, and uh, he made just horrible comments. He was a terrible human being. He did not accomplish anything other 
than uh, basically saying that he was going to. Um, oh, here you go. Oh, you're going to love this. Uh, his exact quote was, I'm going to have to bring up that N-word bill again. And you guys are going to have to support it. If we do it right, we'll have those N-words voting Democrat for the next 200 years. Um, yes, he's the great civil rights leader. He really cared about civil rights. He was really concerned with the plight of African Americans or black Americans, however you want to say it. He was very concerned about them. That's why he couldn't refer to them ever as anything other than the N-word, period. Never, ever, ever did he ever, uh, by anybody's, by anybody's reporting did the man ever call them african americans or black americans he literally only used the n-word including his chauffeur who was a black guy that he called a n-word all the time anyway so uh lyndon baines johnson a truly horrible human being um yes apparently um was accused of basically raping people uh in the uh in the white house uh interns and whatnot um if they stayed over he would just go crawl in bed with them um, and yeah, like I said, he liked to wave his junk around a lot. Uh, anytime he felt like it, he'd go pee in public. I mean, can you imagine what the hell is wrong with people? How the hell did this man ever rise to being president? I have no idea. No idea. It is appalling. Uh, if there is something for America to be ashamed of, he is definitely one of them. Uh, definitely one to be ashamed of. Um, he was uh, he was a terrible senator as well. Uh, he always refused to uh, support anti lynching legislation, you know, to stop to stop uh, the KKK. Because why would you? I mean, shit. I'm surprised he wasn't uh, didn't wear his hood into the White House. I mean, damn. He um, didn't uh, did not support the uh, Fair Employment Practices Law in '49 argument arguing that it would inflame the passions and prejudice of white folks all right um yeah because you know giving people um equal rights is not something that the democrats have ever really um championed and still don't to this day because now they want to you know uh roll it back so they can discriminate against other people because they really do not know how to function in a free society where you treat everybody the same that's just not how they work so, uh, yes, moving on, um, uh, speaking about, uh, Martin Luther King, when he came out and spoke against the Vietnam war, uh, president called him that, uh, GDN preacher talking again. Wow. Uh, wow. That's nice guy. Such a nice guy. Yeah. He was just, uh, he was a horrible human being. I don't know what he ever really accomplished. I mean, I know he gets, um, a lot of credit for civil rights he did not do it okay he was basically forced into it uh it was led by republicans passed in the house and senate by republicans after the longest filibuster in history led by al gore senior yes that would be al gore's father yes of the you know clinton gore infamy uh and uh the illustrious can clan member from west virginia robert c bird they led the longest filibuster in Senate history blocking the civil rights bill and then finally they could no longer hold out on it or made backroom deals and let it go through and LBJ signed it now did he have anything directly to do with it no no 
the man would have literally reinstituted slavery if he would have had his way. I guarantee you the man was horrible. Some of the lasting legacy that we have dealt with uh, from LBJ was a great societies program, which he likened to, um, of course, the uh, Democrat progressive. Ugh, I hate to say it. But yes, uh, Roosevelt, he likened it to his plan. And depending on who you talk to, um, but there's a huge consensus now through uh, most uh, most of the economists that actually use, you know, things like numbers and things like that, uh, like a Thomas Sowell or um, Bob Woodward or... Uh, there's quite a few uh, that will talk about the lasting effects and the damage and of uh, the uh, black American community. And this is where it really, uh, really hit home um, and destroying families was the Great Societies program, uh, welfare program that uh, basically incentivized not only uh, really drove debt insane, which now I think we're up to nine or ten trillion dollars uh, that we spent uh, fighting poverty and still we have the same amount of poverty we've always had which uh, should tell people that it doesn't work but their answer is oh we're just not spending enough yet I mean you literally could have taken the money spent on this and literally just given that amount of money to the people you were trying to help and ended poverty but that's not how it works it never does that's not how government programs work because the whole idea is to then build control and a bureaucracy and build government to have control and micromanage people's lives, not to actually help them. It's all about control. And then obviously you have a voting block who is then dependent on the government. Uh, basically what it did was destroy the black family. Uh, I mean, dealt a death blow to the black family, incentivizing people not to get married, not to raise their children, uh, to give that all over to the state uh, for, uh, in return, you will get uh, crappy housing, uh, you will get to live in poverty, and it will continue as a cycle, and that is what it did, and we still live with that legacy today, and no one wants to talk about it, and yes, that is another wonderful lasting legacy of Lyndon Baines Johnson, the absolute uh, horrible horrible in a long line of very terrible people that all were democratic presidents and regimes uh we're going to move a little quicker because i'm going to run out of time and i want to just move on with this uh most destructive force thing i i want to kind of get back to the everyday thing uh for a little while so instead of just pausing it i'll try to run to the end and uh literally on the last one here uh, well the last one that we get to which is really obama i may just uh, throw in an a, a extra episode sometime, a special episode just to cover his uh, absolute atrocities because it's a long list. Uh, we're going to get up to the next uh, brain-dead uh, Democrat to be elected, and that would be Jimmy Carter. I don't know of anyone uh, anywhere, and let me just say this, I don't know of anyone anywhere, regardless of... Uh, what political background that actually thinks Jimmy Carter was a good president. He was, wow. Uh, he gave us some of the world's uh, worst people. Uh, he aligned himself with some of the world's worst people. He just, I, I don't know. 
Uh, he would be the equivalent today of maybe a Bill de Blasio, maybe a Gavin Newsom. Uh, he's just, he was just so radical, but he was packaged in a way to be this, oh, golly gee shucks, peanut farmer from Georgia that's just going to be this good conservative guy. And he got in basically on the coattails of the Nixon scandal. Uh, essentially, you know, people were mad about the Nixon scandal and what had went on. Uh, not that he wasn't, I mean, that's a long story. I, that's another episode in and of itself, uh, getting into Watergate, the reasons behind it, what happened. Uh, but anyway, a whole big thing. But anyway, he basically got in on the, on the merits of people were mad about the corruption and scandal. So they voted for the peanut farmer, uh, who was just, you know, uh, I mean, honestly, it's really similar to, again to a Biden. Uh, that would be the best comparison, uh, would be a Biden. Uh, the man was brain dead, honestly, uh, aligned himself with every radical he could find, uh, supported radical regimes, uh, talked about bashed America for being, uh, an evil empire in a lot of ways, uh, destroyed our economy and set us up for, uh, years of terrorism, uh, through things like, um, the Shah of Iran, um, he helped uh, set up the Ayatollah Khomeini and basically set up a Islamist theocracy that is now Iran uh, before they were not. And they were an ally of the U.S., okay, um, and before that. And basically the Shah asked for help, then the Shah asked to be let into the U.S. He eventually was, but at first uh, Carter would not let him. Uh, and, you know, stood by and watched, uh, that regime get toppled into the, um, you know, insane hellhole that it is today. Like, like I said, uh, very similar to an Obama who said, Hey, you know what those people in Iran, you know what they really need and what we should do is we should take a lot of money and we should give it to them because that will make things so much better. Anyway, sorry. I have a terrible obama voice it's not good but anyway um he was a huge fan of dictators uh he liked them a lot he was a big fan of uh, castro and their regime uh he uh single-handedly this is one that he did after being president as if he did not do enough uh damage as president um with uh you know keeping us <laughs> It's, it's a long list of what he uh, was able to not accomplish and what he was able to really get us into the uh, Iranian uh, hostage uh, crisis that went for over a year because of his uh, ineptitude. But later on, he became a very big friend of Hugo Chavez uh, and is, uh, is linked directly to uh, his... Uh, taking and keeping power and there's links of jimmy carter to uh dominion Mo voting systems and all this i mean it's just a tangled web of insanity that jimmy carter undertook i mean in a lot of ways uh, a lot of the terrorism we experienced throughout the 80s and then into the 90s uh was a direct result of his ineptitude and not being able to take care of things then uh, then we get into some of the uh, inner workings and some of the deep state uh, things after that that got brought us into uh, 
and the ISIS after that. There's a lot of stuff that then begins to take hold and what we now call the deep state. It was just internal actors and uh, things like uh, the State Department and the CIA. And, and these are things that have been going on for years and it's really... Uh, always been considered well it's just conspiracy theory or they spin it in a way that's oh well that's i mean we're there for a good reason we were we were trying to help this group or that group and essentially all we did was uh was prop up our uh prop up our enemies hurt our allies and create uh people that really really hated us for meddling in their affairs when we really shouldn't have been and a lot of this comes from what we now call the deep state um and then they were just, oh, well, that's conspiracy theory or it's it's national policy. It's our leaders doing this. And, and a lot of it was not. A lot of it was internal policy, internal crazy schemes by the CIA. It's just a lot of things like that. Um, and it still lives on today. I mean, it really, really does. Um, all the way up through uh, Hillary and all them. So it's, it's very, very uh, interesting how this works. Um, like I said, he was one of the uh, worst um, ex-presidents ever. <laughs> he uh, went to uh, Venezuela to assist and be the arbiter of election things there to uh, basically ensure Chavez uh, retained power. Um, he loved to go to uh, meet with Fidel Castro and Castro's family. Uh, he called the embargo against Cuba as the stupidest law ever passed in the U S um, he was, I don't know. It was kind of weird because he was pretty big on sanctions. Uh, he liked to sanction, uh, most of our allies. Uh, he didn't like to sanction our enemies. Uh, Carter, uh, spoke about Kim Il-sung, uh, was vigorous, intelligent, surprising, well-informed about technical issues and in charge of decisions about this country adding, I don't see the North Koreans are an outlaw nation. So he really was uh, pretty good. Uh, he liked uh, Nikolai Shashevsku of Romania. Uh, apparently the people didn't because he was eventually uh, put against the wall and shot uh, for war crimes. Uh, so I'm guessing he's not a big uh, fan there. Uh, he was also a big fan of Yasser Arafat, um, the leader of the um, Palestinian resistance, that uh, you know terrorist group that tried to kill uh, as many Israelis, as many Jews as they possibly could for many, many years. In fact, he was the uh, anonymous, quote-unquote, anonymous uh, speechwriter for anything that Arafat did in English. Uh, was done by Jimmy Carter. Um, and yes, uh, then you get into uh, the uh, aid that he gave in 03 to Hugo Chavez to make sure, uh, because he was under a recall election, uh, because, you know, he's a dictator and he's doing stupid shit and destroying a country. So the people of the country go, hey, you know, we want this guy out. Um, and Carter went down to be an arbiter and give it an air of uh, legality uh, while they stole that election. Very similar to how it happened today. Middle of the night, all the power goes out or things start glitching. And then all of a sudden Chavez wins. Huh? How weird. See, I think I've seen that. Um and then, of course, uh, he won a uh, Nobel Peace Prize later on, uh, which was just the same thing. It's just all the same. Uh, it was basically just to uh, piss off 
uh, w, George W. Bush, which I'm not a huge fan of W. Bush either uh, with a lot of his policies. But, uh, you know, hey, uh, they did it just to piss him off because, I mean, even though he was uh, kind of a globalist in a lot of ways, him and his father were both kind of globalists, but they did have some some slight bit of conservatism left in them that hadn't been uh, completely uh, erased from their soul. So therefore they must uh, humiliate them and destroy them any means necessary. Uh, get into some of that later. And uh, the misery index, he uh, apparently had used that to um, talk about how bad uh, former conservative presidents were, but his was the highest ever by the time he left office. And that will bring us up. Uh, there's a lot. I mean, I would, I could spend a whole episode just talking about what a garbage dump of a mess that um, Carter did. He would even uh, take down pictures once he was out of office. They can come back. There's a house that's maintained for former presidents in Washington that they can stay in. Uh, he would bring lots of pictures of himself and take down the pictures of Nixon and uh, Ford and put up pictures of himself because, you know. That's what you do if you're an crazy, a crazy egomaniac who wanted to be a dictator. Just wasn't smart enough to pull it off. Um, I think the funniest story was um, him being attacked by a rabbit at his home. That was a good one. Uh, if you want to laugh, look that one up. I won't cover that one through this. Okay, now we get to um, Bill Clinton and Barack Obama. And I kind of going to put them together, even though there is uh, George W. in between uh, a lot of the things that went on through Clinton that everybody knows about. Everybody knows about the sexual stuff and that he's a rapist and, uh, you know, whatever you want to think of him. I mean, I, I don't know. I heard a lot of uh, rumors here, seen a lot of rumors about him uh, going to uh, pedophile island and all that. And I'm sure they're true. I'm sure they are. Uh, there is so much dirt between him and Hillary and all their, uh, dealings. It's, it's unreal. Uh, some of the policy stuff alone. Now what find this funny, uh, if you look this up and it's kind of, it's kind of interesting, look it up and look at one of their original, uh, posters for, uh, Clinton Gore. And what you'll find is one thing they used they used a lot uh, in background or in in these things with their flyers and their uh, signs uh, was the rebel flag because you had one guy from Arkansas, Democrat from Arkansas, Democrat from Tennessee. Uh, yeah, uh, they like to use that uh, flag. I guess that went out of favor later on with uh, with uh, <laughs> once you get to Obama. I guess that kind of went out of style, but. Uh, you know, it happens. Uh, that was kind of funny, one of those funny things. But, uh, you know, Clinton gave us many, many things that uh, we can never get rid of. Um, and there's a lot of people that criticize the uh, crime bill, 94 crime bill, um, under, uh, under, you know, under Clinton, uh, championed by none other than Joe Biden. Um people fall on both sides of this. Uh, yes, you don't want crime in the streets, uh, but a lot of that ended up being uh, used to put nonviolent drug offenders who, uh, you know, minor first offenders, these kind of things in jail for a very, very long time. Mandatory minimums that were unreasonable in a lot of cases and turned uh, people that otherwise would have, you know, probably turned their life around and went on to career criminals. That sort of thing uh, disproportionately fell on black America. Um, those sort of things. That's a huge issue there. 
gifts that just kept on giving until Donald Trump took over, like NAFTA. Um, horrible. The destruction of the military. Uh, the military was uh, in very, very bad shape by the end of the Clinton era uh, due to basically just not taking care of it. Um, the ineptitude of fighting uh, skirmishes around the world and just not... <laughs> Who not being able to uh, fulfill what you say you're going to do. Basically just getting us caught in quagmires with the UN, um, IEC Kosovo and engagements in Somalia. And uh, then you have the bombing of World Trade in 94, which basically we shot a couple missiles into the desert and didn't really do anything. Uh, many chances to kill Osama bin Laden long before 9-11 that were basically ignored. Uh, getting into uh, trade agreements that literally gutted most of the manufacturing in the U.S. Between Clinton and Obama, I really, it's really surprising that there's even a U.S. economy left. They did do their best to globalize it and destroy it uh, through terrible, terrible trade agreements uh, like NAFTA, like TTP, um, there's just so many, uh, entrance into the WHO or not. Yeah. WHO and the, uh, WTO, uh, the champion of bringing China into the world trade organization, introducing free trade with China championed by, um, Biden under the Clinton administration. And basically people don't understand and say, well, we should have free trade around the world. That's not how it works. Basically what happened was China said, fine, uh, you guys are going to let all of our stuff in without, uh, putting any, any tariffs on it or any charge. Great. Uh, we're definitely going to not follow the rules. We're definitely going to put tariffs on your goods and we're going to government subsidize everything we send over there. So it can be so dirt cheap that it'll literally destroy all your manufacturing um, and this is what happens. This is what governments have done to each other economically for years. Everybody knew this is what was going to happen, and they made the agreement anyway. And, of course, Trump started reversing that and saying, no, you bring your stuff over here, we're going to put tariffs on it. So, therefore, the price is not so low that it kills all of our work. Um, you know, there are people on both sides of the aisle that disagree with that, but the problem is if one side's not going to play by the rules, then the other side cannot than play by the rules. I mean, that's just how it works. If you want to have a free trade agreement, that's fine. Uh, then you're going to have to be on equal surface. You can't have slave labor building stuff for nothing in one country and have the government subsidize it to where it's pennies on the dollar to then destroy your economy and then sit there and allow your economy to be destroyed. That's not how it works. I'm sorry. I don't care how libertarian or whatever you are. That's not how it works. And that's why things had to change. Uh, many of the uh, stuff that, you know, is talked about with Clinton was just the, um, you know, the scandal stuff with sex and all that. That does not interest me. Things that interest me are things like the um, Clinton uh, actually arranged for China to buy uh, from Loyal, uh, basically buy missile technology from the U.S. Uh, to make deals with China. 
After his presidency, of course, you had the Clinton Foundation, which I would have to do an entire episode dedicated to the corruption of the Clinton Foundation, which then carried into her being Secretary of State and how basically they went around the world collecting money from all kinds of people to make policy changes in the State Department. That's why it's called the Deep State, because that stuff goes on without really needing approval from the president, although Obama would have had no problem with selling out anybody in America for profit or for his whatever vision that he had, which we're going to talk about. I'm going to do a whole episode on him Um, selling out, selling our missile technology to China um, just for a friend to make money. That's basically what happened with that. There are so many of these deals. It's hard to believe. Um, Bogus national parks. You like this? Uh, created bogus national parks to uh, further the war on coal industry to basically bolster China because China mines a lot of coal. They want to sell it to us. Uh, they were selling it to us while we had plenty in the ground here and we're not allowed to get to it. Uh, it was actually, he actually sold a plot basically in Arlen, Arlington National Cemetery to a friend, uh, like a, you know, to a democratic uh, operative. Uh, They made up a whole story of his service in the military. It was later found out to be, uh, you know, all bullshit. And it was so bad. They finally dug the man up and moved him out. Uh, It was just, man, it's so bad. It's so bad. And what we finally get, uh, his parting was to really set in motion uh, a lot of what is now known uh, as 230, which basically gave license to a lot of, and now he did not directly institute uh, Section 230, but a lot of what he set up for e-commerce and the digital marketplace is what has given us the rise of the insane tech monopolies that uh, have more power than the government. So uh, that was one of his parting shots. Uh, and his pardons, uh, basically they were selling them. Uh, they were known to have sold uh, pardons for major drug traffickers and all that sort of thing. But uh, the biggest ones were basically terrorists uh, that he uh, allowed uh, people from the weather underground and people that had killed police officers and things like that. Uh, in the name of a cause, he went ahead and parted, uh, pardoned them. Um, it was... <laughs> It's just, it's hard to believe, but yes, he did. Linda Evans, Susan Rosenberg, um, Mel Renner, Mel Reynolds, uh, weather underground terrorists. Yes, yes, he did. Um, and the best one, this is what's going to take us in. And like I said, I'm just going to do a whole episode on Obama because it's more recent and more widespread, but, uh, the best one, the attorney involved in most of the Clinton pardons, the one who was the go-between. A man named Eric Holder. I'm sure you don't know who that is, right? Yes, that Eric Holder was involved up to his neck in all of it. And then we get to uh, the more recent of Obama and uh, that whole regime that has brought us Russiagate and oh, just a litany, including killing an American citizen with a missile uh, without a trial. 
in a foreign country. That one was very interesting. Um, it's uh, a long and long and torrid history, yes. And I just basically just barely glazed over the amount of issues. And these are just the top players. This is, like I said, this is not getting into the local, the state, all that that went on. This is the most destructive force in America. It has been the most destructive force since the inception. And it continues to be today when we talk about Biden's uh, ideas and the Great Reset and so much is going on. And that's why I've got to get off all this and get back on doing um, the regular things like getting into what are the policy ideas coming up? What is actually on the website for Joe Biden? What's he talking about actually doing? Um are we going to be locked down again for COVID, even though we have vaccines? Uh, are we going to have to wear masks till 2022? Uh, does Bill Gates really control what's going on? Huh. Well, we're going to talk about all those things. We're going to talk about the election and a lot of those things coming up Thursday. And for now, this is going to kind of wrap up the uh, most destructive force in America, just because we've just covered the history up until now and just kind of glazed over the top of it. And we'll always be digging into uh, specific examples and, and more of that. But I just wanted to kind of glaze over a huge history to give everybody an idea of where this comes from and why we're still dealing with it today. And people should not be setting back just dumbstruck going, wow, I just never thought we'd be here. Um, it's been in and out for 240 years, basically. 240 plus years. Uh, at times it flares up and other times it dies down, but this is a flare up and I think it's time that we, uh, find a way to put an end to it once and for all and find a way to stamp out this terrible ideology that has, uh, been so destructive. And I don't mean by silencing people in any way, shape or form. It's all about education and selling our ideas that's what it's about. Are you ever going to convince everybody? No, there's no way in hell. Is there a way to convince a vast majority of people to where you don't have people uh, ki trying to kill each other in the streets? Yes, there is. And that's where we need to get to. So anyway, I will be back on Thursday with a big wrap up of, uh, you know, the election, where we're at, where it's headed, what's going on. Um, please, please remember to subscribe and to rate and review because that's how we will build a bigger audience. I see more people all the time and then things ebb and flow kind of strangely. So I don't think that it's purely a natural progression. So just to leave it there, I won't be, get too conspiratorial on you, but yes, please rate and review um, the four five stars of what matter or message me. The links are going to be in the description as always. And let me know what you think, but until Thursday, just remember, it's no agenda, just America.